Moms Unscripted is a production of Mops International. If you'd like to find a group near you, go to mops.org forward slash group search. If you'd like to start a group, go to mops.org forward slash start a group. All right, friends, I have been thinking about something lately and I need all of your opinion about it. Okay, so there's like this trend, I feel like, in mom culture right now, talking about how we need to get to a place in our lives where we're making decisions from if it isn't a heck yes, then it's a no. And I feel like there are so many things in my life like that aren't heck yeses that just have to Mm -hmm, get done mm -hmm. on a daily Mm -hmm, basis. mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's an unreasonable kind of um, ideal to set. And so I just want to talk about that a little bit. What do you guys think? Well, the, the, the heck yes is that... I feel like that stemmed from a passion. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do mm-hmm. something, so mm-hmm. therefore it's a heck yes. But mm-hmm. like to your point, there's a lot of stuff I don't want to do that you just have to get done. Yeah. And so whenever I hear that, I almost feel like it's it's more of what's vying for my attention. Mm-hmm. Like what are all the different things in that is? But I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think about okay. So Mandy, when you are looking at a new opportunity in your life, how do you filter? whether or not you want to do that new opportunity. Let's take it from that angle. Cause there's a million heck no's. I mean, the inside of my car is a heck no. Right, dishes you know. for me are a big Closets heck no. Closet, but not vacuuming. Cleaning up dog poop in the backyard. Vacuuming is a heck no. But like, I wonder if we're talking here about like when, when you have some options in front of you of things you could do or new opportunities or new possibilities, like how do you filter those? Cause we end up, cause like, okay, we end up doing a lot of things that we chose that aren't the things that got pushed onto us, but that mm-hmm. we chose and we get into it and we're like, oh, I should not have done this. And in my case, sometimes the heck yes is because I know what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, like oh, what? yeah, it- let's totally do that. But if it's something that's, you know, daunting, it's like, ugh, closets. That's a heck no. <laughs> I, I love how all of our examples are cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, general, I don't want to clean anymore. That's, that's, that's what I've heard. <laughs> oh, please don't give me any more chores. Oh, right. <laughs> Hiring a professional organizer yes. and a housekeeper. Heck yes. Heck yes. 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 Yeah. Again, the outcome. Someone what else is, is like, yeah. what is your you? big indulgence? Like if you could, mine would be having a, mas- a like a full-time massage person Weekly. to massage my Weekly shoulders okay. every as often as possible okay wow yeah that would be like my indulgence i'm real close to getting a house cleaner you Mm -hmm. should i'm Mm -hmm. real close and there's no reason for it because there's two rooms we are in all the time the other rooms no one ever goes into but it's like that it's just an indulgence something less you have to think about too Mm -hmm. it's like that mental load that and what could you spend your time doing instead of cleaning exactly exactly therapeutic yep oh yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. At mom con, again back um, to cleaning. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's uh, to your point, Janella. At mom con, mm-hmm. I sold a few more books than I expected, and so I had a little cash in my Ooh. pocket coming home. And mm-hmm. I was like, "How do I want to spend this little unexpected? It's you know, found windfall. Yeah. You know." Yeah. And I was like, 
I have the housekeeper on speed dial. Uh, it, it, it didn't take so me great. five seconds. I was like, I know you're exactly on the plane. What I'm <laughs> yeah, it's already booked. <laughs> I was, I was like, immediately get to my house because it's it's the same thing. It's it is that mental load of like now if people are coming in and out of my house or it's it just I don't. It's not something that's sitting on my mind that I've got to get done. That I'm constantly walking past and going, well, I'm not sure when that's going to get done. Right. right. Or who's going to? So do there's it. an ease that it brings. Like yes. oh. Yes. Yeah. I want to do that again. I worked with a coach one time and he, the very first thing that we did together was he had us make a list of things that we're tolerating. And it was like from little things to big things, whether it's like the window on my car doesn't roll down or, Mm -hmm. you know, every single thing I need to make dentist appointments for the kids, all Mm -hmm. the things that you're tolerating. And then he's like, okay, what's the plan for dealing with all of those? Cause it's like, that mental load that we've been talking about that is just constantly there. It zaps so much of our brain mm-hmm. space and energy. And he's like, okay, just deal with all of them and let's get on with it. Make a plan. But it was such a wow. useful Was exercise. it easy to get those things off of your list of like, because yeah, like a broken window. Yeah. And once it was like, once I made a list, it felt mm-hmm. like I could breathe again. Cause mm-hmm. it was like, okay, here they all are. This is what I've this been This is manageable. I yeah. can deal with this. And then yeah. just start checking them off. But it was such a useful practice to be mm-hmm. like, okay, I've been tolerating, you know, using a paper towel to make coffee instead of filters. Cause I just haven't had a chance <laughs> to, to buy them. <laughs> it's like dumb stuff, but. <laughs> I'm wearing bathing suit bottoms. Exactly. Cause I haven't tolerated. <laughs> exactly. That's such a good, that's a great phrasing though. And it gets to that kind of like, yeah. heck yes, heck no. Like, what are we just letting? And sometimes yeah. it's little mm-hmm. things and sometimes it's big things like in it relationships, yeah. like yeah. I haven't had a conversation that I need to have. Right. And right. it's yeah. like, I feel like things are weird and I need to mm-hmm. say it, but I haven't. And those things are so life sucking and robbing. You exactly. don't really know until later. Exactly. You're like, dang it. I could have handled this a month ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and do you oh, feel like good. if you can't do the small things, then you'll never get to the big things. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll good never point. have room. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. point. Yeah. That, that always yeah. gets to me of, I actually, for me, it's in reverse. It's I always knock out the big things and it's the little things that I don't right. get uh-huh. to. Right. But then the little things eventually become big things big kind of thing. Yeah. Like, okay, true. well, I've yeah. waited a year to uh, change the oil in my car. So I guess it's that time. <laughs> and I'm yeah. tolerating the beeping. Right. Yes. right. Yeah. Yes, the air warning. My friend like, Lindsay, mm-hmm. she just she just left me a Marco and she's like, I have had a prescription for new prescription glasses in my purse for one year. Mm. Yeah. But I have to get on my husband's calendar. We have to get our calendar synced so he can go with me to pick out new frames because I can't see myself yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the frames. Mm-hmm. And then she said, by the time we got our calendar synced and this became a priority, my prescription was obsolete I was and I had to go say, all the way back. Oh my gosh. All over again. <laughs> it's, and isn't that how it is? Yeah. It's yeah. just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now the prescription's old. Yeah. Now, the, now that she has a whole new prescription, she's got to start the whole process all over again. And she was laughing about it, but I was like, that is quintessential. I just get that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm curious, whenever you have your list of tolerating, are you tolerating more things that would benefit you or benefit your family? Hmm. hmm. That's a really good question. I tend to like deal with the things that are going to benefit my family. And then the things that would benefit me are like mm-hmm. low priority mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. It's like, oh, if my kids need something. Okay. That's top of the list. Let's get that taken care of. Yeah. yeah. What that about you, sense. Matt? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's always family first. Yeah. And I would even categorize it in that it's, and this is 
can be a challenge. This is something that I try and do is it's wife kids. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. Um, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm good at that. I try. Sure. Wife, but kids, husband, my, kids. <laughs> my wife, yeah. my wife, kids, husband. Yeah. Kids. Sorry, Joe. Um, yeah. <laughs> I could use a good wife. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, seriously, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no context. Let's move on. We're not cutting that out. We know exactly what you need. A hundred percent. We all could use yeah. a wife. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just yeah. to help with all the things. All, all the things. <laughs> all the things. It's, it's Mom, like, and, and, and that's why I watch Sister Wives because, you know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's interesting. <laughs> you guys, you know what's funny is my sister is moving into a house two doors down from me on my same street and I'm just like, I cannot wait to be Sister Wives, oh, you know, amazing. because she's literally moving. There's one house in between that us would be we're already like we're buying an air fryer together we're yes. like all these things Brilliant. that we want to get that we're going to yeah. split and like i cannot wait to be a sister wife that with my actual dream. sister so it's going to be good i would like that like a compound where all your family is yes. oh me too like not 100%. next door like we can't be next door no 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 we but like a have couple doors houses. down you have yeah. your own yeah. place yeah 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 but i would For love sure. to be near my family yeah. could, could you legit be a sister wife Okay, let's biblically. No, this is a very no. common practice. I don't practice. think I could. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think I could. Oh, no. No. Yeah, I don't no. know I why hard, any no. man hard no would would want to subject no. himself to no. this scenario, no. right? No. Like hard, it no. just is a no. lot. No. To You've got to be the most carefree. I don't care about <laughs> yeah. like drama doesn't affect you. Right, you can't. The I only mean, benefit is that you get to sleep with a lot of women. Sure. That is the only benefit. Right. And in the but long run, I don't think that like, payoff yeah. is worth it. And I think that pay, that over time is like, okay, like yeah. big deal. It's exactly. not even as exciting anymore. 100%. I have asked Rick that before and he's like, mm. babe, it's enough with you. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I feel like You're I'm just a, a neck. Like check all the boxes. A I'm a breeze. He's like, five of you? There's no way. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're like, I'm not, I'm not There's suggesting we bring someone in here. <laughs> oh, man. That is funny. So, what we're saying is. Funny. is Heck no. <laughs> no. There we go. Just the heck yes. Yeah. And then the heck no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But pass. the sharing of responsibilities. 100%. Yeah. Totally. 100%. Totally. Kids yeah. is cooking, a heck yes. cleaning. Yep. But what if you yes. get you get assigned the thing you don't want? How do you do? But do you think true. women could do it better than men? What do you mean? A bunch of husbands? Yeah, oh. like husband wife, like sister wife, <laughs> brother wife. What is it? Sister wife, brother Okay, this wife. is a very interesting husbands, question. Yeah. Do you know I what I mean? mean? Think about like, it. Because we just, we compartmentalize differently than guys do. And so we multitask we, better. Yeah, so I mean. It's like the queen bee. It's the queen bee in the hive. Yeah. And right? it wouldn't even, for us, wouldn't be sleeping with a bunch of guys. It's like, dude, I, can you go fix my toilet? Could you go cut that oh, tree Could you go we cut that really tree delegate. down? Could yeah. you go get my oil change? Could you go get my... <gasps> and then That's you just stand there and look beautiful for me Jay. to look at. But I don't know. This <laughs> one's the eye candy. This one's yeah. the worker. Yeah. This one's the Those like Christmas lights are different. always up and always down at the right time. Uh, I think, wow. I think we would handle it a little differently. Yeah. That sounds a bit like a dream when you really yeah. step back and yeah. think about different. it. Yeah. But And then there's uh, got to be a chef guy in there cooking. Oh. You know? 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's very And then you get your massage therapist, Mandy. <laughs> massage oh, massage thank you guys. On call. Yes. Yeah. There it is. All right. Um, this is this, this is, is something to consider. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Let's present Oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> Let's present this to TLC. Yeah, you're outnumbered, Matt. Right. How come there aren't... Is- there isn't a brother wise or whatever world. brother it is a man's right. world <laughs> we gotta go find a matriarchy you know somewhere out in the world maybe and this is Leanna's next like creative endeavor <laughs> so it's not just Gathers one together right <laughs> a harem of men a harem for sure <laughs> I'm very in on this. Hi, Tori. Hi, Tori. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So cute. Look at you. So cute. I want to see how cute she is. I can't see her. I walked on a tad bit early, and you guys were about a harem of men. Did you were talking about brother husbands and sister wives and harems? Have you ever heard of such a thing, Tori? No, I think think about it. Leanna's inventing it. This year, <laughs> I'm like, what kind of podcast? Wait, what? <laughs> brother wives, brother wives. wives. I mean, no. think about it for well, a minute. It started. We were at, we were we were discussing your whole idea of if it's not a heck heck yes, it's a no, and then somehow that took us down the path somehow. of sister wives and brother husbands, and I, mean, I can't even trace the thread for you. But it was, I mean, hey, yeah. It so was <laughs> you, we sent you a lot of questions. I don't know if we're going to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever questions you choose to throw. I love, it. It. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite thing. All right. I just got uh, the whole concept of being uh, gathering a harem of men around me. So yes. now I need to turn off the fireplace. We were feeling like a woman could manage a situation much like better. that much better than one man with a lot of women is yeah. what the premise was. Yes. Okay. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if that's She's accurate. She's like, I'm but... not touching this with a 10. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit over here in the corner. <laughs> We're going to get an email after. So if observe. that was recorded, yeah. can we please <laughs> we make sure I am not out. a part of that? Right. Seriously. <laughs> Listen, I like having a whole group of men on speed dial, especially when my husband is out of town. Right. Yes. For like, you know, there's there's been more than once where I've needed the men in my life to have to step in and help in a certain way. So I agree with that. Although I will say it is it would be weirder if it was a dad who had like 20 speed dialed moms right yeah, <laughs> there, so yeah that's th- fair. There, there are that's things that are allowed right. for women that are right. not allowed for that's men that's a that good point that's yeah. a really good point yeah yeah well, anyway i feel like we would just utilize i don't think that's what we're talking yeah. about that much, right? I mean, we could, it's, I could, it's, hard it's hard to know it's hard to know what we're talking about this morning <laughs> Oh, that's um, so good. Right. Thanks I'm for being so with us, Tori. Yeah. Thanks for having me. What a privilege it is to speak into these mamas' lives and um, encourage these moms. And MOPS is just such an amazing organization. And I know uh, Carrie Garcia got to be with you guys, which she is a close did. friend of mine mm-hmm. for the for the international or for your guys' conference. And then um, when my husband helped lead worship, for a couple of the different MOPS events, everyone who's ever been a part of the MOPS conference, like Matt has said this, and then Carrie called me after she was done. And she was like, hands down, that was my one of my all-time favorite gigs and favorite Aww. rooms to speak to. Yeah, because she, Matt said this too. He's like, you go to certain conferences and the, 
the group that is there is kind of just like dead a little bit or like <laughs> asleep or, you know, you got to like get them alive. Yeah. And there's, there's just nothing like, uh, you know, thousands of moms that are escaping their children yes. for a week of refreshment yes. and friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Carrie's like, I didn't have to break down. Animals. These girls were ready to like lean in right away, Good. you know? So, oh, and same with Matt. That. He's like the mops crew, man. That's the gig you want. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> so awesome. If we could bring in I Am They every year, I mean, that I would be know, an right? easy gig. Yeah. And uh, Carrie was well, fantastic. Yeah. We loved her. All right, I'm going to officially introduce Tori Sounds while good. we're at it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For everyone who might. Recording this? Is this already being recorded? Uh, yeah, yeah, we pressed we record like. <laughs> 15 we, minutes before you showed up yeah. and I just, <laughs> we just never know some of the, the some of that this solid step. gold in like the first 15 minutes so yeah yeah it's true yeah mm-hmm. tori hine is a down-to-earth communicator coach and bible teacher who engages people with her authenticity humor and passion for god and his word she founded for eternity and until a podcast and online educational resource for ambitious women of faith, which I love. And I can't wait to talk about that concept right there. Um, and whether she's on stage speaking, coaching her clients or sitting snuggled on a couch with a friend, her goal is to move others toward God in their story and live for eternity. Now she and her husband, Matt and two children live on 40 acres of rolling Tennessee countryside, just South of now. It reminds me of a Cademan call song. Uh huh. 40 yep. acres. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yep. I know. That's like a very about. old school reference right there. I, I appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. 40 acres in Tennessee. Uh, rolling I mean, Tennessee. isn't that our dream? Rolling Tennessee, not like flat right, Tennessee. Right. That's right. beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, everyone says that that's the dream, the 40 acre life until you have 40 acres. He's <laughs> mowing that, And you have to maintain the 40 that's acres. That's where you need the harem of men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a mower. He, just, that's all he's doing is mowing. That's right, just yeah. mowing. I need that. I need somebody to create an automated machine that just mows my 40 acres by itself. Oh, like It's like the Roomba, but a mower. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. <laughs> On a timer. That's a great idea. It really wow. is. It really Let's is. Get on that mm-hmm. okay Tori I'm excited to talk with you um about the concept that we mentioned earlier about being an ambitious woman of faith and yes. um you've said before that at a pivotal moment in your success as an entrepreneur you felt like God asked you the question about your worth that changed everything for you and so will you yeah. just tell us a little bit about that question and what it's meant to you and then what it's looked like after analyzing that oh it's so good so Yes, that ambitious woman of faith, which I believe that every woman to certain extent, they have this like desire to be used by God in in their home, in their community, to use their gifts and their talents and their ability. But there's typically this pendulum swing that's presented for us in Christian culture where you're usually hearing the message of you swing all the way to one side and you're just home with your kids and you're fully invested in the ministry of your home or you pendulum swing to the other side and there's almost this message of hustle and mompreneur Mm -hmm. and you need to prove yourself, prove that you're not just a mom, but you're more than a mom so that your kids can see the example of you being more than just a mom, Hmm. which creates this just 
restless tension and anxiety because for these women that are typically prone toward ambitious endeavors, they either find themselves here in a place where they're limiting their ability or their engagement in their gifts because of their role in motherhood or they're forsaking motherhood and trying to prove themselves. And in either way, they're left feeling empty, anxious, and in cycles of striving and insecurity. And they're questioning, am I really doing what God has called me to do on both sides? Hmm. And, um, I became a mom a lot earlier than I expected to be. My husband and I got, I got married when I was 20 and my husband was 25. So I was basically a child. And um, then three months later, I found out that I was pregnant. Three months later, you what? guys. <laughs> solid honeymoon. You got to solid, it. Solid, solid. Wow. <laughs> it was interesting. I, I in the, in the moment, it felt so life shattering for me because there was mm. all the things that everyone warned me about. You're going to get married young and you know, you're, you're wasting your life or the years that you could be doing other things, not being married. And I knew that the Lord had like established this. I'm like, I don't want to do anything without Matt around. So like he needs to be a part of the picture, but to be pregnant so soon afterwards was such mm. a surprise. And for me as a 20 year old who I'm, my friends are still, I was still finishing college, you know, finishing my degree and working. And now I'm becoming this mother. And I think back and I'm so grateful that God introduced this early to me in my life because it shaped so much of who I am and what I was given by God to hold in a hidden season that lasted for 10 years. Um, I am naturally always, I've always been ambitious. I've my first job, my mom, it made me get a job when I was 11 because I needed to have a job in order to buy things because my family like couldn't afford extra. My dad's in ministry. My mom's a teacher and I'm the oldest of four girls. So I got a paper route when I was 11 and it shaped a lot of my character. Ever since then, I've always had a job. I've always been working. I've always been entrepreneurial. And it was no different when I became a mother. I started exploring the ways that I could make an income around the priority of my presence in the home. But again, it created this tension. I'm either forsaking my kids or I'm working my booty off. And I'm, I found myself not knowing what it really looked like to balance both of those things. And um, simultaneously, while watching my husband and my best friends being entrusted with a platform that was very much in a present place and what felt like was such important ministry. My husband's in the Christian music industry and he's been traveling and touring for the last 10 years. Um, I felt so lonely and forgotten and benched mm -hmm. by God. It was just this like perfect storm of, do you even want me to still do things for you? Did you forget me? I thought I was talented and able to do these other things. Like, what do you want me to do? And is this my place working multiple jobs so that my husband could go and do ministry with my closest friends without me while I'm mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. and folding laundry and wiping baby butts? This feels unfair. Sure. I'm the one that should be out there, Lord, you know, like you kind of start talking to him about the way that he created you. And he was so gracious to bring me into a decade of hiddenness, a decade of anonymous living to refine how I would answer that question. Who am I apart from what I do? Hmm. Who am I in a place where a place of purpose that is impossible to lose. 
And until I could really answer that question without my worth being put on the line, I just didn't feel like God would bring me to a place to even talk about it. You know, so like who I am now is not who I was five years ago. If you had had me on a podcast, I'd probably be saying a whole lot of different things, you know, or piecing together a message that someone else regurgitated to me. Mm. So all that I do through my courses and memberships and things is to help shed light to that dark and hidden place for the ambitious woman to help them rightly balance and order all that God has entrusted them to without forsaking who they are, um, but also not trying to prove that they aren't something Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, And there was this monumental moment for me in 2020 where so much of this had been healed in me, but then 2020 was just a real traumatic year. It's it's going to be a um, bookmark in every person's story. Um, at that time, I was doing online health and wellness. I ran an online health and wellness business. We did over a million dollars in sales that year for my online business. And um, this was a huge year for, yeah. for me business-wise. And um, I simultaneously felt like a failure. I felt unfulfilled and I felt unsafe. And I felt like the, Hmm. I felt like the rug was going to get pulled out from underneath me at any moment. And so me and my story, because I am an ambitious woman, I'm typical when I'm faced with situations that feel unsafe to default to overworking. So my, my answer for myself was, Oh, well, I'll just, uh, I don't feel very good right now. I feel like I need to prove something to the world. And what am I going to use COVID this COVID year for? And I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to sign up for like a really intense diet plan because that sounds like <laughs> a good way to process trauma. Um, because yeah. where do women default? They default to what am I supposed to be doing? Their default is not usually what am I believing, but Mm. what should I do? And um, that's like, we could talk about that later, but I believe if they ask that different question, it will, it will send them on a pathway of freedom if they're addressing what they're believing, but instead they default to the doing, I should be doing more, Mm -hmm. or I should be doing less, or I should be waking up earlier, or I should go on a diet plan and lose 20 pounds, or I should do, should do, should do. Mm -hmm. And so I just fell into that trap and um, did this it's fine. This help, this nutrition program is perfectly fine and perfectly neutral. This was just a tool that I used out of my trauma place. That 75 hard day challenge where I'm working out, I'm doing a workout outside. I'm doing a workout inside, perfect diet plan, gallon of water before and after picture every day, 10 pages of a book every day. It was like checklist, 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 doing, doing, doing. I feel so good about myself. And on day 65 of my 75 day hard challenge, I, um, I was at a three day intensive with my friend, Carrie Garcia, who was at the mops conference mm-hmm, who spoke mm-hmm. on trauma and, um, or she's a trauma informed th- uh, coach. And she helped me unveil parts of my story and the patterns of my story where I had always defaulted to overworking to prove my worth. And I was, uh, I was set in this position of asking the Lord, what does freedom actually look like? And he was so clear to me that you, I either choose 
the pathway of overworking and proving myself, or I choose a place of surrender and obedience and humility that will lead me to freedom. So on day 65 of my 75 hard, where I very well could have finished it and been like, hoorah, I'm amazing. I had to quit, you know, and go, Yeah. What does what does freedom look like? Mm-hmm. So the last two years for me has been a process of unlearning um, to to take away, like pull the weeds out of the garden that God has grown in my life these last two years to be able to see the beauty and exist in a place of freedom and to invite women into that same place and that same journey of freedom for themselves. It's beautiful. You wrote that the the question God pointed you toward was, are you working for your worth or from your worth? Is that right? Is that, is that the phrase? Yeah. 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 Are you working for your worth, which, you know, what it feels like in your body when you're working for your worth, even if you're sitting like at a table with a friend and you're so aware of every little thing that you do or what you're wearing or, you know, what your makeup looks like or whatever. It's this intuition. Like it's a simple question for me that will help give clarity for me to know, am I anchored in a worth? It is impossible to lose no matter where I am, no matter what results I produce through my life no matter what my paycheck looks like, no matter what my friends say or think about me, no matter what I have, no matter what experience I have, no matter what my kids look like or behave like, like there's so many moments where I have to ask if I'm in the grocery store, I remember being in the grocery store when my daughter was little and she just cried for the first two years of her entire life. It was the worst. (laughs) Didn't sleep, didn't cry. The moment that we got in the car, she was screaming. Hmm. There there were moments where I would take her to the grocery store and something would trigger her and she would just start losing it, you know, and you've, any moms listening to this podcast, you've been there, there, girl. Don't you pretend like you haven't been there. Uh, you know, but you're in the grocery store and your kids are losing it and you're so worried what other people are saying yes. or thinking about yes. you as a mom. And it's this question, am I going to parent from a place of worthiness or I'm going to parent for a place of worthiness? And that mm-hmm. means that my my children's behavior, their good behavior or their great results that they're producing their life somehow affects how I feel about me being a mom. Mm-hmm. But I, the, what I'm believing instead is God has equipped me to be this screaming little beautiful child's mother and i'm just as worthy now with her screaming in the grocery store than i am if she's quietly tucked at home eating all of her vegetables and doing all the things right these circumstances don't change the reality of what god has called me to so worth is established in in a place that is impossible to lose Mm -hmm. because all these things that i just mentioned the legacy you leave behind your experiences your money your relationships, your health, even your your physical body. These are all things that at one point, either on this side of heaven or when we exit this life and enter into eternity, is are all things that we will lose. Mm-hmm. Our children are some are we will lose them one day. Like whether we are taken to heaven and leave them behind or they're taken from us. Like, you know. Lord be with the women that are listening to this podcast who have um, experienced the loss of a child Mm -hmm. who know that reality. I don't, but I'm aware that it's possible. So my worth and my purpose and my identity cannot be entrusted to a 
anyone or anything or any circumstance that I'm able to lose because then I put myself in a place of insecurity. This is what it means. This is why I named the business for eternity and until is that we can attach ourselves to this eternal purpose that is impossible to lose this eternal reality that will exist in for all of eternity. Like Jesus prayed on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done in my, in my until in my now, in my parenting, in my business, in my recording this podcast with you, in my homeschooling, in my, the things that God's called me to do. When we live within the gap of these two things anchored in our eternal purpose while we're present here. Now, this is what it looks like to live with a purpose that's impossible to lose. So speaking of judging ourselves and other people judging us in stores, <laughs> when we're, our kids are acting <laughs> nutty, you are talking to a big audience of moms right now, as you know. Right. Um, yeah. And the most downloaded episode of your podcast is titled How to Fail as a Mom. Mm. What <laughs> yeah. was that episode about? And why do you think it's been so was popular? Was it just about a grocery store like, happening? Like, uh, how to right. fail as, as a mom in all aspects of motherhood. Like, oh, I'm so glad. How you was that? that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is the worry. This is the greatest fear for every mom, right? I'm doing it wrong mm -hmm. and I'm failing. Mm -hmm. I'm completely screwing up my kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. My kid is suffering at school because of me. My kid has behavior, mm -hmm. you know, issues because of me. It's interesting though, that we, maybe we wouldn't be as vocal about um, us taking responsibility for their successes as much as their failures. You know, they get great grades because of me. They're perfectly yes. behaved because yeah. of me. We sure. say that. But when it comes to the failure, the enemy loves to come in and steal and kill and destroy all of the joy and the purpose and the peace that we could have in motherhood with this question, you know, are you failing them? And when we reframe failure and when we understand who we are in Christ. So, you know, like I, I carry a biblical worldview for my motherhood um, journey. And some of you women that are listening, maybe you relate to that and maybe not, but I actually think that, you know, there's some truth to be hold, held here for this that you can apply either way is that if I'm believing that it is true as in the gospel message for us that my righteousness or everything that I do is at best filthy rags <laughs> that I could never earn, prove or deserve the worth or the belonging or the acceptance or the mercy or the love that God gives to me, but it was freely given to me by him. And then that means that every need or every fear or every worry in my life is satiated and met by a good God who stood in my place to offer a way when I couldn't provide a way. Then that means for me, if I'm applying this gospel message where I've ex received the love of God that was so undeserved, and now I get to live this out with my kids and live it out in my business, applying the gospel to parenting is that I have to know it's not whether or not I will fail. It's accepting the fact that I will every single day. So when I fail, who is the answer? Is the answer me having the right mm. 
answers and the right strategy and listening to the right podcasts and reading the right book and having the right one, two, threes, or is the answer and the solution still Jesus who stands in the gap and who in every way that I fall short in my, in my role as a mother, Holy Spirit is able to fill in those those spaces in my children's life with mercy and grace and love and care. That does not diminish the fact that I just purposely do things in rage sure, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can't live in yeah. self-control and the fruit of the spirit, love, mm-hmm. joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That those are the characters that I want to live my life in, but I won't do it perfect all the time. And so the answer cannot be me needing to find the answer for my children. It has to be me keeping the gospel at the center of my relationship with my kids, where the answer is not mom says, or you do this because I tell you to, but it's we are doing this together because God is leading us. I need him just as much as you need him. And so let's come before him together. And when we both fail, let's receive from God what we need from him in order to be in right relationship with each other. So that's how to fail as a mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Takes, the, takes all the pressure off. <laughs> the center. Yeah, absolutely. I think in 2020, a lot of moms found themselves trying to figure out what they were going to do. Uh, I know that a lot of moms, because there was no childcare due to COVID, they ended up quitting their jobs and to take care of their kids. And I believe that it was one of the biggest entrepreneurial years for women yeah, yeah. In, yes, in booming business because they're like, I'm at home. We need to make some money. I ambitious striving for yeah. something. Let's get this done. I, it sounds like you're kind of in that same vein of like, Hey, let's build something. And so coming from that, I think that there's still probably a lot of moms that are cons- trying to figure that out, trying to still considering it. Um, cause they're still at home maybe, or maybe they've gone back in the workforce and they're like, man, I have different set of values now, or maybe mm-hmm. things are more important than they were before. What does that look like? Maybe it's being my own boss or starting something. So in that vein, what are some of the best tips that you have for moms that are wanting to get involved with a side hustle or start their own business? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would begin with your motivation. Ask yourself, why is this important to you? So What I found in COVID, being an entrepreneur that was working with women and helping them build businesses and and incomes online, what I found was women would come and start their business with one or two motivations. It would either be out of inspiration or out of scarcity. And if they were starting their business out of scarcity, it did not matter what results they produced. Hmm. They could build an amazing business that paid three times the amount of money that they made at their job Um, prior to starting their business. But if it was motivated by a need to prove themselves or a need to feel safe, then the answer had to go, what feels unsafe right now? And what um, what does it look like to create an atmosphere of safety in your home with your husband and with your children? And where do you need care and tending? Because for the Mm. girls that are are typical to just, the answer is, I'm going to start a business. Mm -hmm. I just go before you start a business, just make sure. What is the motivation behind that? Because if the foundation is broken, it doesn't matter what results you're producing. You're still going to exist in the state of brokenness. 
So healing first for the heart, Um, because I think there were many women in 2020 that immediately defaulted to entrepreneurialism because they're thinking, what's the problem that needs to be fixed Mm. rather than asking the question, who do I want to become? This is an opportunity for who God is causing me to become, not being defined by what I do or the results I produce but by how God is transforming my relationship with my kids and my mind and my heart. And when they're holding all these things together, I saw so much stress, the kids, the homeschooling, the entrepreneur, you can't take all those things on at once. Mm -hmm. You got to bite size Mm -hmm. it girl, you know, that's going to overwhelm you. And the easiest way to, to keep yourself from being overwhelmed is to take a really big picture and boil it down to what is the next right step of obedience. Mm -hmm. So that's first. Um, But then secondly, is when you're starting a business, just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you should do something. We live in a culture that says if you can, then that determines the timing. If you can do it, why wouldn't you start it now? Who knows what's going to happen in the future and that urgency and that fear of missing out. And again, that foundation of scarcity that threads itself in all of these different entrepreneurial ventures of all different industries. But as women of faith, we have to know if God is pointing us to become someone, to be more like him, he's causing growth in me, then what I choose to do matters. And I have to ask, what are the spiritual gifts that he's given to me and entrusted to me to use so that I'm not trying to be someone that I'm not, but I'm using and already existing in the strengths that I've already been given, who I already am. Um, So knowing your spiritual gifts is super important. Knowing your values Mm -hmm. that you're prioritizing is also super important because anytime you walk into any entrepreneurial venture, those values are always going to be pushed against and you're going to be tempted Mm. to place those values to the side. So if you're in a place where you're prioritizing your family, there has to be firm boundaries around the value of family. What does that actually practically look like for you as you grow in these new skill sets that you need to grow in your business? Um, Maybe your priority is intimacy with your, your relationships or intimacy with the Lord. What are the boundaries that protect intimacy? Um, You know, there's so anybody could come into this journey with a different set of values, but those values and your spiritual gifts are really the container in which you begin to set these measurable goals that are in alignment with who God Mm -hmm. has already created you to be and who you are becoming and what you're prioritizing. Do you have any tips or ideas for how to structure our days? You do a lot of things. You're homeschooling. You've got your businesses. How do you structure your day or any thoughts or tips for all of us who are trying to navigate that and do that well? Yeah. So I actually have a little freebie on my website that is a five-day time finder. If anybody wants to use that, that kind of walks you through some of these steps. Um, because it really does not just come down to the desire to do something, but the strategy in, in which you're going to do it. Um, we could dream and we could talk all day long about the things that you want to do and the books you want to write or the courses you want to create. But if it's not a plan that is actually realistic for your life right now, <laughs> like mm-hmm. for me, there were so many things that in the season, remember I told you my daughter 
Amara just screamed for the first mm-hmm. two years of my life. There was literally plenty of times that I was like, God, I want to do these amazing things for you. And it would be amazing. And he's like, yeah, but I've entrusted you with a, a child that screams like every single day, all day long. I just need you to tend to her heart for a season. And I'm like, no, you know, so there's certain things that I couldn't, I couldn't do in that season. And I, I just want to give permission to the mom who's listening right now who is in that hidden place and you're, you're wondering like, gosh, I used to be able to do so much before I had this kid. And you feel like this child is just a weight and a distraction. Mm. And um, it's almost a burden and it turns into shame where you're like, I can't do the things that I used to do. And I should be able to do the things that I used to do, but I can't because of these kids that God's entrusted to me. And let me give you permission to stop trying to prove that you're not just a mom because you're really not just a mom. There's so many beautiful facets to who God's created you to be. And if you're in a season of hiddenness where your full capacity and the order of your days really does mean that you have to tend to these children in this season, know that you're not always going to be here. And I know everyone tells you that, and it's the worst frustrating thing that anybody could say, but the question may not be, you know, these, these bigger things that you want to point yourself toward, but it might just be, what could I do with the two hours a day that I actually have to offer before the Lord? Like asking, I had to ask my husband in that season when he was home from tour, Hey, when you get home, the first four hours that you're home, I'm going to give you a kiss and I'm going to go down to the coffee shop and decompress and write Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. pray and work on some things. And it was this, clear communication between the two of us where we both both knew what we needed and he was ready and excited to give it to me because I was giving him what he needed to. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's for the woman in the season of motherhood where you've got smaller babies that are fully 100% dependent on you at all times. And you're extremely limited. This season of hiddenness will, will reap a reward and a refinement in you that will prepare you for the seasons where you are no no longer hidden, embrace your place and allow God's presence to meet you in a profound and intimate way. It's a lonely season, but the gift of loneliness is intimacy. The trap of loneliness is apathy where you're pushing everything away Mm -hmm. saying, I can't do anything Mm -hmm. because my life is so overwhelming. Don't go there, but go, Lord, I've only got maybe like 30 minutes here and there. (laughs) Will you bring intimacy and like you know, help me to prioritize and order my days. So for the woman in the hidden season, work with what you got, girl, ask for help and remove yourself from the home unit so that you can actually get into a space where you could think and breathe for a second long enough to refine an area of your life that you want to refine um, and grow in that. Now, if you're in a season where you're in a, a different role and you've got some more space, and for me, yes, I homeschool and I run a, I run two businesses and my husband was traveling for four days out of each week for the last 10 years. So, um, and I'm working on nurturing my gift in writing and speaking and podcasting, which has taken time. I had to start with these small little, small little um, seeds of faithfulness and consistency. 
So take the big picture and boil it down to what are the next like five steps of obedience for you and where are they going to go on your calendar? Um, because if they, if they aren't on your calendar, then they're not going to do, they're not going to be, you're not going to follow through on them. So, um, don't write to do lists. (laughs) If you do write to do lists, write it out on a big piece of paper and then sit with your husband or, or, you know, friend or someone who's accountable with you and put them on the calendar so that they're actually prioritized. And they're not just an item on a list, but they hold space on the time that you have throughout your day. We've all only been given the same 24 hours in a day. Beyonce's got 24 hours. I've got 24 hours. These people that are, you know, sitting on this podcast, we all got 24 hours to work with. So we have to ask the question too, what needs to be delegated? Where do I need to ask for help? And um, how do I make the things that are non-negotiable anchored on my, on my calendar so that I'm not forsaking the things that are most important to me while I'm chasing after brand new things. Hopefully that gives some structure. Mm-hmm. That's great. Tori, what have you learned the hard way? I learned the hard way that important things, the most important, the most important thing that you can do in your life is usually in the hidden place and not when people see or hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so frustrated that I was left out of what my husband and my closest friends were called to do and that God entrusted to me to hold motherhood instead. It felt like a downgrade. Hmm. And for so many years, it would, I I remember this particular moment when my husband and my friends were in Nashville for the first time recording their first album. And I was at home and it was late. I was looking through Instagram and watching the videos and the pictures of their, on their motor scooters going through downtown Nashville and eating at these cool restaurants and recording this music or whatever. And I was at home and my son was asleep and I was folding laundry. And I was like, God, why am I here folding laundry? This looks so much more important. (laughs) This is so frustrating. And um, it actually wasn't until just recently we, um, where God has brought this full circle moment for me of realizing just the beautiful encounters of the presence of God that I've had with just me, God, and my laundry, (laughs) Um, where it's what used to be just this place of frustration is now this place of encounter and expectation because it's in the monotonous moments of our day where God actually threads in individualized messages that hold such profound weight for us in our story. If I don't have authority over my laundry basket, (laughs) and like how I pursue or think about the monotonous everyday moments of my life. I cannot be entrusted to this podcast space. I cannot be entrusted to any stage. I've seen friends that have been entrusted with these things and their character falls apart. You don't want the things that God could give you before you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. You want, you need authority over your kitchen, authority over your laundry room, authority over the shower. Sometimes that's where the moments of encounters happen that lay the foundation for you to be able to do the things in the future that God's called you to do. But the most important things will still remain the most important things. Many things will change in my life. 
um, I'm sure at some point people are not going to be asking me to talk on podcasts anymore or whatever. And my vocation will change. My, my seasons and motherhood will change. Um, but you know, what won't change is that even when I'm 80, let's or older, Lord willing, it'll still be me, God and my laundry <laughs> until I no longer need to be clothed and someone puts me in the ground, you know? Um, as long as I have intimacy with the Lord and a, and a sacred, secret, secret place um, where it's just me and God and the monotony of my everyday life, then we're living in that eternal purpose, no matter where God has positioned us, is if we're content in that space. Such a good word. Um, our favorite final question to ask you is, what is motherhood teaching you right now? Oh, motherhood is teaching me joy. This is like my favorite stage of motherhood, I will just say. Um, my son is 10. My daughter is five. And there were certain seasons where I'm like, I know this one is not my favorite. The screaming stage, not my favorite. <laughs> uh, like there's some moms that are like the breastfeeding stage and the, you know, there's such small little little soul stage and i'm like i'm so happy for you that you're enjoying that (laughs) that was just the worst for me it was every day like lord please it was when god gave me this little infant child it was almost like you had to have the fruit of the spirit or you're going to go to jail you know like you have to have (laughs) right you're like this child just i don't understand it doesn't speak english um (laughs) this season though you i'm beginning to get the glimmers of who god has really made my children to be and they're teaching me and refining me and there's this joy and delight my daughter she has the i definitely think she has a spiritual gift of mercy and the gift of giving she's always out in her garden picking the flowers and bringing them into me and um i was working a couple days ago and preparing for a message that i was speaking to my uh my community my online community and she gave me 51 cents and she says mom today here's 51 cents from my (laughs) coin bag and it's just this delight like this joy of seeing them give back my son is definitely very prophetic in his spiritual gifting so he's the one to correct and hold me accountable um (laughs) earlier last week on our way to homeschool tutorial, I had this smoothie in my passenger seat of my car. I hit the brakes and I didn't have the lid on the smoothie and the smoothie went everywhere, all down oh the, the, everywhere. It was everywhere, oh. you guys. It was so bad. It was like a smoothie waterfall into a smoothie lake in my passenger <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. And it was just this, you know, Lord, I, and I, it was, frustrating but Micaiah in my in the back seat my son goes this is what happens when you rush and you're unprepared Uh, oh my gosh (laughs) just tell it like it is and you're not wrong I definitely have learned that I need to put my lid on you know it's this interaction and relationship of deeply knowing my children and them knowing me and us Mm. growing together that is just so beautiful right now in the season I love it Mm -hmm. that's awesome so, so good, good. Mm-hmm. man who can't relate to the smoothie waterfall right? you know yeah. the equivalent the yeah. coffee waterfall the coffee. Oh, yes. and their child calling them out 
For <laughs> sure. <laughs> that definitely always happens. Oh, yeah. Tori. Yeah. So oh, good. It was, so good. It was quite a mess. But hey, there's messages in the mess. Right. <laughs> oh, it's good. That's, That's good. Right. So true. Yeah. Well, that was jam-packed of so many awesome mm-hmm. insights. Thank you so much Thank for your you, time. Thank you, Tori. Thank yeah, you, Tori. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's such an honor. Hey, friends, thank you for joining us for Moms Unscripted, a production of Mops International. A quick reminder that opinions discussed are solely the opinions of the individuals and do not necessarily represent the organization. For more information on today's episode, please visit mops.org backslash Moms Unscripted podcast for show notes. And join us again next week for another unscripted conversation around the Mops table.